0: Welcome to the sober nation FM podcast where we're putting recovery on the map. I'm your host, Jonathan Sylvester. This show is brought to you by sobriety engine. Do you want to take your recovery to the next level? Do you want more support community and fellowship sobriety engine is an incredible community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery, you can get a ton of great tips, resources and guidance to help you succeed in recovery and in life. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. Sober Nation FM is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle all while supporting your sobriety, then you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Nation, let's hop right into today's episode. Today, I'll be speaking with the founder of Clean Cause, Wes Hurt. Thanks for joining me on the show, Wes.
1: Thanks for having me, man.
0: So before we get into talking about all of the incredible work that you guys are doing at Clean Cause, I was hoping that you could share a little bit of your recovery journey with us. So what did things look like before you got sober? What was going on exactly?
1: Yeah. um, You know, Shortly after high school basically um, experimenting uh, with you know alcohol and, and drugs that no opiates but you know some cocaine and smoking pot and and, and so forth I um you know I, I I think I was pretty typical in terms of experimentation and so forth but when I graduated high school um, my my boozing continued just to accelerate um, I've got a pretty um, typical story with addiction in terms of it um, just uh, growing over time, and, and really rocking me, but, um, you know, what really brought me to my knees, it took me 20 years after graduating high school to get more serious about recovery, in the sense of, like, um, I really thought it was going to take my life, I think, yeah. you know, that certain invincibility, but also denial, deception, and, and t- maybe the age um, I was coming out of high school, you, you don't really have that sense of clarity, or at least I I didn't, mm-hmm. um, and so 20 years, pretty much, of you know, just Uh, alcoholism um outright alcoholism and but the last couple of years of my addiction uh, brought me to opiates and and that's really what um brought me to my knees and and pretty quickly um it was one of the more frightening addictions i've ever had because of the level of withdrawals um and um, and then the lack of availability at times i mean it's just frightening um, beyond belief and I know folks out there that experience withdrawals you know, can definitely um, that re- resonates but um essentially you know I, I it came to where I was popping about 30-35 biking in a day um I was smoking crack I was drinking um I was basically just doing anything I could not to feel um and and while while at the same time feel um, I didn't want to feel the withdrawals or the pain, but I needed to feel some type of an escape. Um, I ended up hanging out um, in a cemetery for probably, I think it was like nine months off and on, but um, just hanging out there daily, uh, popping pills, drinking and crying, and essentially just came to the place to where I was like, you know, I, um, I don't, you know, I wanted to kill myself, but um, or I thought that was a viable option, but um, I was too scared to do it. And, um, and, and and I didn't really want to, and the flip side was that I, you know, I didn't really want to live either. Um, it was a miserable place in terms of a state of limbo where I didn't see a solution and honestly didn't think I could ever survive this in terms of like finding a life that was meaningful and having any creativity or anything. And then the flip side was that I, I wasn't, I, you know, I was literally praying to God like for permission to kill myself. Wow. Um, and be like, Hey, can I get a, can I get a pass please? Or a text or something? Or, you know, my, my bar became pretty low in terms of what this, this, this you know, the sign was I was like, can you have a bird fly by right now? Right.
2: right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But
1: the bird didn't fly by. Uh, no, but um, yeah, it was a crazy place to be. Um, and then, um, you know, through, through uh, circumstances and some amazing people in my life. Um, well, in terms of the consequences of that, you know, I um, ended up losing uh, my company that I had prior to Clean Cause. Um, all of the relationships I, I said that I valued um, were evaporated and disconnected. Um, my, um, my wife, uh, you know, lovingly kicked me out of the house. Uh, we weren't married at that time, but she kicked me out of the house and took a position of what some would say tough love but i really think it was just pure love because it's one of the main reasons um i I think it saved my life um, at least one of the ingredients um that said uh, other circumstances came into play um i would love to tell you that i had some deep insights that were personal or some kind of like strength of character that spontaneously said this is the path but there were a lot of different circumstances that converged to um you know, give me the opportunity to springboard me into, um, into recovery and get sober. So I'm really grateful, uh, for that. And that was about six years ago. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And so uh, I do want to ask more about clean cause here in a second. Um, and all of the, you, you know, all that you guys do to help people get into treatment. Did you yourself go to treatment?
1: You know, over that 20 year period of time, um, yeah, I had the blessing and curse of having a lot of resources okay. through my family. Um, you know, I was the first um, active alcoholic and addict in our family. So I think it came as a shock. And I think, you know, relatively speaking, I was always a hyperactive kid. But my, my point of saying that was, is that we had the resources um, and I had them. So I started, I mean, I went to my first rehab 20, over 20 years ago okay it was 19 and then um i went to six rehabs over 20 years and wow. uh, you know i was in a psych ward for a short stint i mean basically i am the resume of kind of uh just the destruction of addiction over a long period of time and then um failed attempts at getting sober um, i don't think the pain was great enough or i believed that the consequences were real enough or not manageable to get out of trouble so um and i said blessing and curse when i talked about resources Um, right the flip side between you know um by being born and blessed into a family that had resources was the um that there was just a disconnect um and uh, of understanding the true nature of the problem as we know it's really difficult but um you know it was hard for them they didn't understand what to do and when your child's in pain because i have two now and they're only two and four you really don't almost do anything because you just want to be better and and oftentimes that that kind of transitions into enabling and i hate that word too it makes me sick but Maybe because I was enabled for so long or I enabled. It. <laughs> There's probably some truth to Good all of name. those things. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I went to uh rehabs and um but this last one, um I I didn't go to a rehab. And, okay. You know, the, again, uh, through circumstances and then getting involved in the 12 step program sure. and um, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I threw a lot at it. That's awesome. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, and I was gonna say it sounds like you had kind of a turning point. And and, man, a lot of parallels in our, in our story. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners and people watching this can, can certainly relate. And that's what brings us all together, right? Is that, that story, that kind of common thread. And I was in large part where you were, it was just this place of like being okay with the fact that, that this thing was probably going to kill me. And that's that's such a, a scary, scary place to be. So yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm as grateful as you are that we're both here right now because you're definitely making a difference. So. Early on, so you get involved in a 12 step program.
1: Hey, Jonathan, one one yeah. thing, this is not serious, but I did need to mention it. And it sure. has to do with my mustache.
0: Oh, the mustache, okay? man. Yeah. i yeah,
1: yeah. go there really quick. Uh, <laughs> because I am an egomaniac with low self esteem, uh, always have been. I'm also vain. I still have the hair. People are like, cut it. You look more mature. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to kind of hold on to it because that's like my thing. You know, and after you cut it, you can't grow it back. But uh, anyway, I, I have to give the story. It's really short and sweet. So so men that have facial hair, which I didn't know I could grow it until like five years ago. I don't know if I was drunk the whole time. And I don't know when I was shaving, but you, you know, you have facial hair. Like it's, it's its own world. And nice. each day it evolves. And one day you can have it on point and be like, nice. And two days later, something happens and you're off. So, what I did was I kept just slowly like grooming it to where there was nothing left. And I was like, damn it. So, I was like, clean sweep. Worst case scenario, I get to wear a mask and I look like Mario Brothers. And go. my little I like I've gotten everything. So, anyway, I just had to get that out of the way so people know that like I'm not rolling this mustache all the time unless <laughs> I Unless you think it's cool, and I should be. Yeah. Okay. Yes. all we'll, right. We'll, we'll take off. a we'll sorry. take a vote. We'll take a vote. Sorry, I I'm sorry for wasting your show. It's for my hey, podcast. no man. We we
0: have we have to address uh, the mustache in the room. Yes.
1: Thank yeah. you. So now we don't have to. And now I'm not just thinking I can move it aside now yes. and be a little less selfish. Just exactly.
0: Take, exactly. Okay. Tiny tiny bit. Okay. Very so yeah. So uh, what I was going to ask is, is you you get involved in a twelve step program. And uh, you know, so, sounds like you start doing the deal, so to speak. And what was one of your biggest struggles early on? Do you think, as you started to get really get moving in recovery?
1: I mean, it's a, it's still the same thing I struggle with today, which is is humility. Yeah, and and humility really uh, more in the practical sense of of listening to others and taking suggestions. um I think I'm smart. I think I'm Bah, bah, bah. it's creative and all this stuff and, and even at that time when I had not a pot to piss in I thought my resume supported all these ideas that I was great and it was like well so what what can you offer me that you've been sober 10 years and your life is together and you have a career and everything's badass you have everything that I think I have or want and you're trying to tell me what to do like that doesn't make sense yeah. And by the way, even the fact that I say to tell you what to do, that's not the spirit of it. There's suggestions. Sure. So I think the greatest hurdle at the very beginning was um, just even being willing to listen at all. And one of the most profound times looking back, and I say profound, I don't and, um, was uh, the first sponsor I had. And, and uh, I wanted to launch a company or start a business again or do something like pretty fast. Okay, You, know, you want to redeem yourself and you want to move and all this crap. Sure. So you're trying to make up for the shame and, and stuff. And he said, Wes, it was, uh, I want you to go home and rake. <laughs> and I go, what? I was so pissed. I go, what are you talking about, dude? Like I have empires to build. That's what yeah. I'm thinking in my head, you know, and I can say it now. And I'm like, so insignificant it's meaningless and the freaking leaves are going to fall right after i get done i'm like why the hell is this guy wasting my time and this is what he ins- aspires for life i'm like no dude i've got dragons to slay and i went home and i raped um and i remember the place where i raped and um and a little section i don't think i did it for a long time or anything like that i'm not gonna bullshit but i am gonna say it. i did rake and i remember that being one of my first signs of um even willingness to try to be humble, to try to listen. And for some reason, like I don't have any tattoos and there's only a couple that I might get because I always w- would wake up next morning and go, damn, I'm glad I didn't get a tattoo, blackout. You know, mm-hmm. it could have been anything. So, but a rake, I wouldn't maybe put a, a little rake. <laughs> and and like people that, like, yeah. why the hell a rake? And I'm like, it's humility, man. That's I why. Like can't, you um, see,
0: can't you see the right. rake is all about humility?
1: <laughs> you, you can't see that, can you? You're not humble. I get it. No, I'm kidding. See, yeah. And that's where I go. I'm 50% kidding with that too. I'm so psycho. But, um, yeah, so I think that was one of the greatest challenges is just being willing to listen to someone for the first time in my life. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, that, and I mean, honestly, as we talk a little bit more, um, you'll see that it's been a recurring theme, even in my so-called serene sobriety, Yeah. you know, um, it, it really hasn't looked as great as maybe I've presented it or, uh, that the brand, you know, coming back to me would, would might imply. And, and I like to speak to that too, because it's, it's the truth. Well, Mm -hmm. so,
0: so how, because you started initially a a cupcake business, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so how did, how, how did clean cause come about? And for those who aren't familiar with clean cause, uh, you guys are a sparkling yerba mate beverage company, and and basically the premise is, is that you give fifty percent of your profits to, uh, to scholarships to uh, people that are coming out of rehab or, or sober living scholarships, I should say, people coming yeah. out of rehab, uh, those facing homelessness, incarceration. How did all of this come
1: about? How how did this get started? <laughs> yeah, it. It's hard to explain that Um, uh, other than there's things that happen in your life and there there have, like you, Jonathan, that you know happened for a reason or you look back and realize a person came here and here and you saw something cross. Some people call the universe conspiring or whatever it is, destiny or serendipity. But, dude, like things just evolved and they evolved kind of fast. And looking back, I'm like, whoa how it happened so literally i was sitting in a meeting and i came up with the idea of i had a spark of creativity which i hadn't had in a long time or never remembered without drugs because i didn't know so i had associated creativity with drugs which you'd see with like artists and musicians at times where they fear that they won't be able to create when you remove the thing that has supposedly like you know made you less inhibited and and, and want to be free and, yeah, and free access different parts of your brain. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, that's not a good idea for me to let all those guys out of the brain. But um, the, the funny thing was, is that I, I kind of just lost my train of thought. What were we, talk- how, we were talking how about?
0: How we all got, how it all got started.
1: Oh, how it got started. That's, yeah. yeah that's, you had your
0: spark of, of creativity spark, come creativity. back.
1: So yeah. I realized that there was something inside of me, maybe still that could fight for finding purpose and something fulfillment. And, and then it was real that maybe this is real. There's something in me that I can give. Let's just say that. And so I ran with it fast, man, because I was also desperate. I just early on. And yeah, I like the idea of being quiet and structure and humility and stuff. But at the same time, dude, like I, I still didn't want to feel something at times because you have to go through this process and it takes time. And that sucks. I hate that because I'm not patient, you know, And, and I never have been really. Um, so time take, you know, change takes time. So with that said, I ran with this feeling. And, and so we start, I'm sitting there and literally it just started flowing. I was like, I'm going to create a company that gives back to help people in recovery. I don't know. And then um, how can we make it compelling and weird or out there and something that stands out? You know, um, 50% of the profits. Boom. Why? Oh. Because we need something real. It needs to, it, it needs to be real. Yeah. And then beyond that, we wanted a model that was sustainable from a business model standpoint. Where, you know, that we had a product that could stand on its own merit and create a sustainable source of funding to, uh, to energize recovery in America through these sober living scholarships. Um, I'll speak a little bit more to those in a minute. Um, but that said, it started with the purpose. fifty okay. percent, And then it went to a product. Which it never, I didn't have the name yet. So I was like, what can I get? What can I sell? And I was like, I can get bottled water. You know, I had a little bit of money um, at that point um, to be able to get some stuff rolling. Um, and the, uh, you know, Cause I sold my company. I sold the cupcake company, even though I lost it. I was fired from it and sold it. Had a little money to get back in the game. Bottom line is I can get bottled water and I can put a label on there, boom. And then I was like, okay, 50% water. What's water, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, sober, I'm gonna name it sober. I called my sister up and I said, dude, I've got this idea. It's 50% of the profits it's bottled water. So everybody drinks it. It's going to be huge. It's going to help people in recovery. And it's called sober. And that's when it like went dead silent on the other side of the phone. And I was like, what? And she's like, Wes, I love the concept. Uh, the product's cool, but I don't want to walk into a gym holding a, a, a bottle called sober because then everybody's going to be like, you're an alcoholic. And, sober, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, oh, okay. And she goes, how about clean? And I was like, oh, crap. I was like, I love you. Bye. Driving home, driving home fast. I'm feeling the energy, almost a high, to be honest with you. Yeah. And that, cause I remember it. And I'm like, dude, 50% of the profits, bottled water, clean. And I was like, clean, but we have a cause. Like, clean's not the clean cause. Clean, ca- ca- clean cause. You know, the cacao works. And I was like, boom, went home, put down on the computer really quick, clean cause to try to make a logo mock up to send to a graphic designer friend of mine to make a logo. So I made it with Avenir, put cause underneath it and sent it to him. I said, I need you to make it a logo. And he goes, I think you just did. <laughs> I was like, what? So he rounded the corners, did a little teeny spacing, yeah. and sent it back, and boom. That's a couple awesome. of months later, we had 40 bottles or excuse me, 40 cases of water in my garage. It's kind of cliche. And then I had my energy inefficient tundra that I was driving around, I'm Texas, I'm cliche guys, long, well, maybe, I have long hair and a creepy mustache. with a. You're,
0: you're cliche Austin.
1: Cliche Austin. Okay, there cool, 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 cool. There you, there go. you go. That's, a, that's accurate. Um, so yeah, so we just, we, we started hustling. We started hustling. Man, that's and, awesome. And that was the beginning. It's funny because um, one of the first guys that came on with me, uh, he was a heroin addict from Texas Tech. Wow. And he was in a fraternity, yeah. And it wasn't like an Austin fraternity. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this guy, he came on and the other day he was telling me about how we had a day, uh, three years ago or so that we did $24 and 24 cents in sales in a day. And we were like, we, we like to look back at that because it just speaks about how the things have moved a day at a time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I don't really know exactly how it's all happened.
0: That's it's pretty awesome. It's
1: been weird stuff. Like I just told you, Yeah. You know?
0: That's really cool. Man, I I love so much about this story. I love hearing stories like this, but I, the two main things that I really love about it is number one, how you started with the purpose. And and just from a business perspective, you know, you hear a lot more like gurus quote unquote these days that are like entrepreneurs or, you know, coaching entrepreneurs or or whatever, just well-known in the business world, talking about that more and more these days It like Don't even think about the product yet. Like, what are you, what is the purpose? And, And so you started with that, but then just that you had this, you know, this moment about this idea and that you actually ran with it and followed through with it, I think is, is pretty awesome because I know there's a lot of people that get ideas out there and don't take the action to uh to follow through you know
1: well it's, it's important though to notice to you that like or for me to mention that i have even in the midst of my addiction and stuff and i had some, some decent success with the cupcake biz um so weird launched cupcakes i just don't even you had to have been high to do that i mean that's not like something that people invest in i want to launch a cupcake trailer um anyway uh, it was fun building giant cupcakes so uh, i'm making them rotate on top of Bear Street. Anyway, I I do have some fond memories still of it, Um, but uh, yeah, you know, you hear about conscious capitalism and all this stuff, but in this day and age, when you're talking about purpose, because it almost becomes one of those words that loses the significance now, because we're like connection, purpose, right? You know, love, compassion, empathy. Like, okay, you know, it's like um, what I'm trying to like encourage folks to do, and I just got off the phone with someone was like, what you had just said. I said, this is so hard to do, but take your mind away from the things that are easy for you to think about for a second, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the product, the logo, the name, like that's what we want to work on. We want to put the paint and the accessories on the home before we understand what the foundation is going to be made of. And so purpose is not for someone else. It's for you. You identify the purpose. We think that we have to have some cool, you know, mission statement for the investor that says, save the world. You don't. Start with purpose, but do it for yourself. That's the differentiation I want to encourage people. It's not because everyone else is saying it. It's because people will feel it from you. They will see it. If it's within you here, and then you make these two work together, it will, your head and your heart where they meet, but where the heart was founding member of this partnership, you can win, man, and you will. Because you have absolute resolve. Yet you don't look at this things the same way. You don't get scared the same way. You still get scared about the money because you know that this cause and your purpose, or at least your purpose in this season of your life is aligned with your inner's. And if that's the priority and that's what you're betting on, because you know that you'll be more in it, you know that people feel it more because it's authentic. You're not doing it for someone else and you're owning it fully with resolve. People feel that. And why? Because we do. You do. I do. Mm-hmm. And so percent. we don't have to overcomplicate this. If you're not drinking your own clean aid, I had to do that. Your own Kool-Aid. Then who else is going to? So tell me what your ingredient is. Drink it. Own it, be prepared, dude. Then you get to walk forward with peace, knowing what your North Star is. Because guess what? That North Star doesn't change. It's up there still in outer space. But if you just say, I have stars, which one? Where? You can't find it again. Choose your star, be founded in purpose. And it doesn't have to be 50% of your profits. It can be, I know that I can offer the greatest good or do my job the greatest when I'm in this type of environment. My purpose is to be in this type of environment. So the gifts or talents I've been given can be more fully realized because I don't have the ancillary outlying societal benchmarks that I have to constantly go up against. Yeah. Dude, if I told you that I want to launch a brand, but I want to go through 20 years of addiction and fucking hurt a lot of people, to find my purpose that's not that's not how you would engineer your plan it is not so my buddy was just on the phone with me and talking about how his career screwed because of the pandemic and i said is it or are you going to find your calling is this the blessing is the rock bottom the blessing yeah is you know i heard this guy who's big in stoicism and stuff the obstacles the way Surrender is not the way of the weak. It's all of these principles that we just we we hear, we see. They're real, dude, and they're all real. But dig a little bit deeper, so you you don't look at that layer that becomes desensitized because we've heard the word so many times. Now go Google the word, go look it up, and then look in a thesaurus. Understand what it really means. Go look at the freaking Greek. If you do that, stuff starts to change a little bit, and you understand what the word means more. So, humility for me is not about pulling, calling out all the badass shit I can do because I can yeah. do some badass shit sure but but for me, it was the willingness to say is there is there a willingness that i 'm not right on all of this shit and i 'm willing to listen to another human being hmm. that that really wants to just help
0: yeah that that I get one hundred percent i 've said many times on the show, I feel like what literally almost killed me besides my you know insane drug addiction was just this thinking in my head that i knew everything was i know i know i know i know and not being willing i still to i still have
1: you. it too dude i still have yeah, I, it
0: i've got to yeah i've got to kind of quiet it down and put it in its place occasionally
1: mm-hmm. yeah well my <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> okay well cool i, I do want to tell you at some point kind of uh the gut honest truth of where i'm at now too
0: yeah um, I, absolutely well i so i want to ask so so how did it, how did it get to the, the, well, okay. Let me ask you this. What is Yerba Mate? Because some, some people out there are, are going to be I lost on hey, this.
1: Yeah. Nah, I don't know. No. <laughs> um, I call it the Hercules of teas. Okay. okay. And it's just a, it's a strong tea that mm-hmm. doesn't taste like tea with the way that we formulated it. So I don't, because if you don't like tea, I don't like telling people that i don't like tea yeah okay i didn't drink tea you know it's like i don't i'm not a huge fan of coffee so basically we took an ingredient that i believe yerba mate is from south america it's been consumed there for thousands of years it was also it's used for for caffeine caffeinating purposes um, but also it has um, polyphenols minerals and vitamins it has all the stuff you always hear people talking about ingredients but it's real it really does have it we don't make any health claims behind that in our beverage I just encourage people to try yerba mate which we all have a hard time saying in a clean can because you know candidly we we candidly I didn't mean that but it worked um that y- y- it was about function and it and it was about americanizing it so that that we could reach the masses if it. if i'm backpacking yerba mate up uh on the back of donkeys and uh brewing it myself at my house in pillowcases you know, I'm going to sell some bottles for $15 each to like 15 of the purists out there in Austin and I'm going to be out of business. Mm -hmm. We had to be able to appeal um, to to the American um, palate, but also be able to create a big enough business. That was key too, to be able to generate the type of funding that we would need to be able to actually make any kind of dent in Addiction, and, and by that I mean dent to support the other programs and initiatives. For us to be a significant player in that, we need to produce a lot of money. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And people don't want to talk about money because they're like, "Oh, that's yeah. we capitalism and shit." And I'm like, "Look, we're gonna fight fire with fire, and fire with fire means money. It means making some money, but it also means caffeine. People don't like that. They're like, "Oh shit, you got off a of heroin," and then you're blah, blah, or oh, you know, man. Okay, I'm
0: I'm Mister Caffeine. Mr. caffeine
1: are like, you're caffeinating people. That's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? And I was like, it depends how you look at it. Here's the deal. I didn't end up in prison or a psych ward because I drink too much caffeine. Am that I rationalizing, true. justifying? Sure, I am. Okay, but the other point is, if you don't want to drink caffeine or support us, don't. Yeah. Or if you do drink it, but you think I'm perpetuating addiction, uh, drink Red Bull. That's cool. There, there you it's go. It's all good. Like We're not mad at you. You know, Fair, we just fair take, argument. We want to take some of those billions and put it towards recovery, hmm. and then we want to continue to cycle because the impact is so compelling in and of itself, but not because Wes is selling, because we're simply telling what we're seeing when we give someone a practical lift for them to able to find self-sustainability for themselves. Yeah, And that's, I guess that's what the word means. And to me, the philosophy behind, you know, um, you know give a man a fish, and will live a day, teach a man a fish, you live a lifetime. We've got a hybrid approach. If you're showing willingness, if you're willing to grab that rake, and if I say, will you go rake? And you say yes, then I'm willing to feed you today to give you the rake, to learn how to rake so you can go away. No strings attached with clean cause. You don't owe a shit after we back you. Nothing. That's awesome. What we suggest and what we're trying to encourage is that if you feel it and that you feel that the grace that we're just extending and paying for that we've been given helped you do it authentically, hmm. not because we're saying PIF, pay it forward. It's just a good thing to do. No, this is how you change the world. In theory, I think it's, yeah. it's individuals doing things authentically in aggregate. And that's what happens. And that's so awesome. I can't think of a better recipe for how it happens. I don't know, but- yeah.
0: um, well, so before we get into specifics about what you guys are doing, I, I am curious because I'm a oh, caffeine. Wait,
1: wait, wait, can I say one thing? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Please. We're going to keep talking
0: about the caffeine because I was going to elaborate a little bit more. Yeah. So, okay. Well, you guys describe it because I'm a caffeine guy. Like that definitely like arguably my drug of choice these days, although I'm not like super crazy with it or anything. Uh, I, I think me
1: personally. Uh, hey, uh, that sounds like a rationalization. no you're like uh i'm not super crazy away man i'm like what does crazy (laughs) mean though
0: anyway no but you guys describe this as a uh and i I, i'm a nutrition guy as well so i want to know like you describe this as a better caffeine what does that mean
1: yeah to me i mean just practically i don't go into the science of crap there's some stuff that i have and 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 but i say like i say crap but that's not the right word you know that's theobromine Okay, theobromine is a property within chocolate. It's the euphoric aspect of chocolate. So if I told somebody that, and I'm like, that's theobromine," that basically it's like a speedball. We're gonna uh, give you some caffeine. Great
0: selling point right there, the theobromine. It you know,
1: it is, <laughs> but but because I don't know exactly the attribute yeah. or feel it or you know, I never got euphoric like I did off opiates. So I'm not right. even gonna back that. You know, I mean, <laughs> my point of relativity screwed up, but it's got theobromine. Um, but, but what, what I, the reason I went all in behind it, like all in when I did it was because I tried it and it worked okay. and I didn't feel like I did when I drank Red Bull monster coffee and those things.
0: Okay. So now, like the I, crash or the jitteriness or. or yeah, or, I
1: didn't, I, okay. the crash for me wasn't there. Oh, that's the crash awesome. and the jitteriness. It wasn't, okay. and it's 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 a cliche claim that almost every energy drink makes. It doesn't crash, but right, right. that's why I'm saying just try it. And even if it's not clean, because we have Americanized it, try yerba mate. You know, try Goyaki, which is a yellow can. It was look, it's our competitor in the first, but but we wouldn't be here without them. So I do give them props. But try them. They're a little more purist in terms of like, you know, real just sugar. And just the tea, and you drink it. I still drink it. I just didn't want that much sugar, and okay. I wanted it sparkling. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So it function. It, it has. I call it better caffeine, because I think it is. I just think it functions better.
0: Yeah. Well, and I've so I've seen a bunch of you know before I even I, I came across a bunch of your ads and and all kinds of stuff a, a while back now, and and I've definitely seen uh, your stuff in in various stores, and but I did see. Cause I was curious. So like I went and read some reviews and that's what a lot of people were saying. It's like, there isn't, you know, the crash, like with some of these, uh, you know, some of these energy drinks, you yeah. know? So I think that's pretty awesome.
1: It is, you know, what's questioned to play devil's advocate. And I just find this in marketing and psychology is how much is placebo? How much yeah. does, does our drink taste better because of the cost? Yes. It does. <laughs> You're right. It, we have bubbles in the can. You bubbles in the can. And look, I'm not trying to not sell our product to anybody out there that's listening. I'm yeah. trying to keep it real. For sure. A, For sure. It's just a tasty beverage and it's good. And yeah, I, the experience and the feedback has been that you don't have a crash. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. Or you just don't feel as shitty as you do on the others. And like to me, it's pretty practical and simple. It tastes good, it's organic. It's been consumed for thousands of years. It has other additional health properties. We've Americanized it to get the calories down, use some alternative organic sweeteners that. that are not offensive to me, although they are offensive when it's formulated wrong. But it's also the reason we didn't come out with a zero calorie out of the gates. We know that America and a lot of the more health conscious folks are looking for zero calorie right the reality is 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 that it's very difficult to formulate to make it taste non-shitty it is and so it's it why is. we started with our coke before we did our diet Coke. Yeah, exactly but,
0: uh, man i was just having that conversation today the diet never tastes like the regular it never will
1: oh yeah. no so, but see so that yeah but what's interesting is is we actually try we didn't try to make them taste the same yeah because for the reason you said, I don't, you can't pull it off. You can't. And even if I tell you they're organic, you know, stevia and erythritol or whatever the hell I tell you, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. It's your experience that you're judging.
0: Yeah. And so anyway, um, that's awesome, man. Well, so tell me, tell me, give me some examples of what you guys are actually doing. And again, I mean, I think that the 50%, like just that you started that out of the gate, I think that's incredible because You know, you even hear about like nonprofits that are only giving, you know, that are quote unquote nonprofits that are giving 50% or 30%. So I think that's really awesome. And I think it does. You're, you're so right. Like the truth is it takes money to make these changes. Like if we were just saying, okay, we're fighting, you know, cartels or we're fighting, you know, the drug manufacturers, what do they have? They have money. We've, you know, we've got- right, you're, not, you're not
1: signing, you're not signing petitions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: for, That does sure. work. <laughs> so, so give me some examples of what you guys are, are actually doing. And I, and again, I also love that you're saying like, hey, you don't owe us anything. Like we're trying to give you a, a leg up well, here. Well,
1: and the, well, the truth is, is that early on I said that, but I wasn't feeling that way. I'm talking like the first 15 scholarships years ago that we gave like two people relapsed within like a couple of weeks. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, I was like, you know, and then another one was like, you know, it just giving with expectation. I found it's just too dangerous for me. (laughs) It's not, it doesn't work. I'm too selfish. I'm too self-serving. I want something. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a guy told me that, you know, you know about a year ago he said Wes you know a lot of your life is transactional man um he was like you know and I love you and he goes I just um he goes what would it be like for you to give without expectation and to um and to hear others without judgment and wow, to hear those two things I was like Ugh. even six years in this I'm like I'm not sure how that would feel <laughs> you know yeah. it, it's not to disparage the good things or to like try to pity party myself i've done some good stuff i'm a good dude i got yeah. a good heart
0: but i'm and also human
1: yeah and i'm also human and i'm also yeah. um, make poor decisions and my behavior at times is really appalling and that's the truth you know i mean maybe that's why i did the 50 percent. maybe i felt like only 50 percent of me could ever be like good so the other 50 wow. was no I'm See,
0: that's getting I- deep there man no no no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that uh that well thought through <laughs> So, okay. Um, but
0: so, so you guys are, are doing scholarships. You're doing, so, tell, I, I want to know. Um, so really I, we, yeah. we only
1: do the scholarships. Okay. That's it. okay, okay. And, and we did that intentionally, but, but, but go ahead with your question first to make sure I'm answering. Yeah, um, no, I just wanted to make
0: sure. Cause I, I thought I read maybe something about like helping people after they get out of uh, treatment yeah. sometimes. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so the way that I, I've kind of worked is a, I wish I had more money. Because when you, when you look at the continuum of care and, and, and you see each piece, so you're in jail or homeless or in rehab, and if you don't have a bridge between that rehab or institution and reintegration, you go back to the same place,
2: hmm.
1: most typically. Um, I had resources, so I didn't have to a lot of the time. But if you go back to the same place and you're just trying to, to keep exercising like you have in 30 days, but you don't have a gym, and there's people around you eating chips all day and you're hungry, you're, you're gonna, I've never done that one before and it kind of works. You're gonna eat some chips. Yeah. And so we saw it as a real practical thing that was more in line with like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like shelter, food, security. Give them an opportunity, just a moment of grace, 30 days, to say, go get a job and try to start to establish a recovery routine. Just those two things. Okay. Those are your only focus. Yeah. So, um, and then afterwards, what we'll do is like, you know, over half of our employees are in recovery. So I'm always looking for ideas to try to, to employ people. Um, and even if it's not with us, it's to me, it's, I don't want to go off on this right now. This is a different podcast, maybe or something, or maybe I think it is because I'm so proud to, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Part two. It, do I, for some reason I was going to say do with the mustache. I was thinking, <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, Chelsea, what was his name? The guy from big, the guns, the gun. Okay. Um, necky gun, necky gun. Sorry. Um, dang it. Where did I go, Jonathan? Where am I? Well, so, okay.
0: So I, you were just kind of leading into here for a second. I, I think that what I know is what you feel one of the most important elements of oh. recovery, which is employment, right? So
1: Employment. I, yeah. No, I mean, I will say- it, yeah, for addiction. I think it's the number one. Number one. Now why? Wait, why is number that? one. Because you build self esteem by doing esteemable acts. Yeah, true. You build self sufficiency by doing things yourself. Mm-hmm. You build, um, you, you, there's a respect for yourself and for others when you're investing in your own recovery, i.e., your own livelihood it's confidence. It's, um, it's sustainable. It's realistic and practical in the sense of when I got sober, even starting a company before, like even when I was trying to get sober after losing my company, I installed windows for 90 days uh, with a company. I got a job off Craigslist because I was too embarrassed to tell people that I had this company that worked and blah, blah, blah. Um, But I guess my, my point is, is that it's like, it is the engine behind everything you do and everyone else has to do it. It's a part of normal life. So, so if you're not doing that eight hours a day, what are you doing? Thinking about all the shitty, shameful things you've done and how bad of a person you are. Hmm. And by the way, you're not a shitty person. You acted and behaved like a shitty person because you were on drugs. And when you're sober and you act like shitty – someone you are a shitty person for that moment but it is not who you are yeah and so to me it's really important to call that out because i spent a lot of time on shame and pity and all the regret but the truth is that isn't who i am that's yeah. the way I'm behaving anyway sorry i get all pumped yeah, up no funny.
0: man I, I love so you know and this is something Wes, that i don't think is talked about enough is the employment side of things because look i I mean you just described this cycle right that someone can go through and it's like okay uh someone is let's just say someone is in jail and then they're not given any opportunity and then they're homeless okay and somehow they they get into treatment and they're in treatment and everything's cool for 30 days and they get out of treatment and then they don't have any employment so they go out and they do something and it, illegal and get arrested. And why,
1: and why don't they have employment? That's, because of their past.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And so yeah. now you're trying to redeem your life. Yeah. Judged on your past, be able to move forward. Yeah. Here's the truth too. We hire a lot of people in recovery. Like I said, it it it. But but if I told you that I hire people out of recovery and give them money to handle money and stuff, no, absolutely not. No way. Yeah. Get your ass away for money. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. no, I don't want you representing the company 30 days in. No, <laughs> I love you. Yeah. No. Yeah. Get away. You yeah. know, it's because I'm susceptible to the same stuff and I understand sure. how hard it is. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you don't, dude. I've had times even with people in recovery where like, I'm like, yeah, they're just that's too much, dude. I can't handle them, you know. But it's like, if we don't give them a chance, who does? Yeah. That's what I've had to tell our team before. I'm like, guys, this is uncomfortable for me and us. If we don't give that person a shot, who does? Another point to that was this. I had a guy relapse after two years working for me and been sober. Um, one of our best guys crushing it. Opiates, relapsed, one day came and was honest with us and says, so, you know, I guess, I guess I'm guess i fired, you know, and I'm like, you know, we're like, no, we're not making it that easy for you, bro. No way. You're coming to work tomorrow. Let's go. And my point was, is that in recovery too, I've seen time where people fall. We're gonna fall. doesn't mean we're gonna do drugs, but we're gonna fail because we're human. But if we don't rally around those people fast and let them know that there's grace that surpasses our understanding and not even in a biblical sense, but just the way we treat other humans, It impassions and empowers those people to be like, okay, because it's not normal. That's not standard. But that's what we need to do. When someone falls, grab them quick. Come around them like an injured, I mean, I I hate to make that deal, but like you see that in nature. They come around them. They don't go away and get scared. They say, no, everything you've done to this day is still all good. Everything that's happened is good still, not perfect, but good, and then this day doesn't discount all of that. Throw that shit out and let's go. you know and so our philosophy is is different in that way of like you know um yeah I, so it, it takes people in a position that can hire people to be open and assume the risk and know that it's real that makes and sense. know that they're leaning in and that's yeah, the truth that makes um sense. And, and uh, that's it. And so for me, it was like, damn it, how can we do this? Well, we can create so much money, and I mean this in the right way, that you can um you can endure the inefficiencies of hiring folks that aren't gonna make it because of their past, but are still giving them a chance. So you start to look at this idea of saying, look, we need we need windfall money because if we can and that's why we're playing in a $12 billion a year category. And we did 50% beyond the heart of this was from an economic standpoint and from a funding standpoint, we needed a brand that could be invested in because as much as people want to help the big guys, you know, a lot of them, they're looking for both. Mm-hmm. And, and, and because they're competitive people, they have a lot of money. There's a reason they have a lot of money. Anyway, my point is, is that spoke to the sustainable model, the 50% was so uh, that it was 50% percent cost product, Fifty percent, uh, or excuse, fifty uh, percent purpose, fifty percent product. They stand together, but they can stand apart on their own merit. Compelling cause that affects us all. The greatest epidemic way before and way bigger than the pandemic will ever be. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not yeah. some macro economist. I don't even know why I just said that. I I
0: love your your passion. I love the purpose. I love the movement and just the sense of, of community that you guys have going on. So I I need to ask, and maybe you can kind of spill some, some secrets here. What's, what's next for clean cause?
1: Yeah. I want to say one thing first and end on that, please. I want to say that, you know, through this COVID stuff, like everyone's gone through shit. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, I've had anxiety and problems. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. No shit. Everybody's had that. Yeah. But what that looked like for me was kind of, um, I was struggling pre-COVID with with my, um, my ego, my anger, uh, my frustration for not being able to control things in life. Um, I'm a guy that wants to try to build a plan and uh, work the plan. Um, and uh, it, it doesn't work the way I want it. And even in sobriety, and the reason why I said when I saw that, Here's the truth. I got addicted to clean. I got addicted to clean. And I almost lost my marriage. Um, I almost lost everything that I love uh, in the name of doing something great. But it's not great if the means are compromised to the end. And I was focused on the end. And I was on this idea of like, No, I'm sacrificing and my kids and my wife are sacrificing and everybody around me who deals with my bullshit is sacrificing because then I'm going to let them come to the mountain home and we'll all sit there and look over a mountain range and say, damn, we did it. And that's nice, but that's not real. And that's not today. And it's okay to have those dreams. But dude, I couldn't see right in front of me that I was giving everything away for the hope of something else when I already have. I have two kids that are beautiful. I have a wife that stood by me for 10 years four in active addiction and six in addicted to clean. And so last, about three weeks ago, I had a pretty uh, big moment for me. And it it was, I literally sat there by myself with marriage up in the air, all kinds of stuff was just shit hitting the fan everywhere. And I said, um, I just said, Wes, would you walk away from clean today? Would you truly in your heart of hearts for no one else, would you walk away from clean today? And I'm, I'm saying not to answer this to you or anyone else. I'm saying, I was just trying to be like intellectually honest, spiritually honest. Would I walk away if it meant I could be a way better husband, leader, friend, father, and all those things. Would I? And the answer was yes. Because I came to a place where I was like, no, dude, no. It's I put everything into that. And it's so insane how something so good can clutter your mind and rationalize and justify the things that you should be valuing most. And so I got my priorities screwed up, man. That's the bottom line. And then I made resolve and answered myself, honestly, I would walk away. And, um, but now I have the freedom not to. And now I have the freedom to be here more fully and just more meaningfully, hopefully. Um, I'm able to engage with my kids way more and, and as painful as it's been for the last few weeks for me, um, it's a different type of pain because I'm actually becoming vulnerable pain versus just creating chaos. Um, I've, I've had uh, some of the most beautiful, the top three days probably in my sobriety in six wow. years. That's so awesome. it's just, and that feels weird. I'm like, dude, Got sober, and then I created this company, and then we tried to help people, and then I almost lost it all again, and because I couldn't, I'm like, oh my, how is that even? It's possible. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Crack to clean, to clean. Yeah. And back. I mean, uh, I think I think saying that the reason I wanted to say that is your purpose is not your top priority necessarily unless you're saying if you have children that's your first priority it is they're innocent you're making decisions for them wes wake up and smell the mate you idiot you're so smart you have all your your names and your business model that's just like innovative so you just want to ride this wave all the way to the mountains and you're going to be by yourself because nobody wants to be around your ass i don't want that man I don't want that. So I'm impassioned. I'm inspired more than ever with clean. Uh, I don't want to walk away. In fact, I just want it to be more impactful, meaningful, uh, more, uh, more aware of myself and more thoughtful of a contributor. Yeah. And so, um, so once again, you come to a place of getting your ass whipped and it being a blessing. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So what's, well, what's, and you next? Talk? So what's next for yeah, clean? Yeah. yeah. What's so next? We'll get the, the, you know, um, you know, I want to do diapers. And no, not really. But five, but five years ago, um, I was presenting to some big investors and I gave them the whole vision up to like, it wasn't even mate. It was like bottled water at that point. And then the last slide I hit and it were diapers, branded diapers clean. And I said, guys, I don't want to do diapers today. What I want to do is everything one day and I want it to be global because it's a global epidemic and the word clean can go on anything. So establish who you are, let people know because they've experienced and heard firsthand the impact of what the brand does, not because you told and you gave them the sizzle. Let them see the steak. And the steak happens when they have their own experience. Then that is something you can't engineer. And when that timing comes and you start to spread your wings and you create a brand that can't be stopped because it's not me. It's we. That's what rocks stuff. That's how it happens. Yeah. So man. I'm all in on that, man. So, you know, we have some other drinks we're looking at. You know, okay. we're looking at okay. maybe making, you know, another We're
0: another announcing beverage. here, man. Let's make it official. what Another beverage
1: <laughs> specifically for women. Oh wow. Uh, okay. we're looking at that. That's a pretty sexist statement for me to say, isn't it? I don't know. It's uh, okay. like what was it gonna be a pink can west and being like, no. Um we, I, I think that it's an underserved market in the yeah. sense of a product that was really made to um, appeal to their preferences. And so it's something we're looking at. But um, one thing that's super exciting that I have not announced anywhere, and the guy starting next week, um, we, had, uh, we had some core executives from one of the most successful nonprofits uh, ever approach us and um, want to take our nonprofit and roll with it. Oh, wow. And they're tied in with Nike and all of the everybody basically. And I can't say the name yet, but, um, you know, five years ago, we, or three years ago, we set up a nonprofit cause people started sending us checks from across the country. Okay. For like 200 bucks, or whatever, one to honor people. But the model has always been to have two, a yin and a yang. Mm-hmm. The yin was the 50% for profit and the nonprofit was the yang, the model. My point is, is that we were going to lean in and try to create a nonprofit that's action over advocacy. We want our feet to move. We want people to see that we want practical impact and we want to create the clean cause foundation, which is the place to contribute to if you want to support recovery, but don't want to drink energy drinks. And, and we don't know where to go to support people. We don't, people say, AA. that's not, no. And then you say, Oh, this little, There's no cohesive, apolitical, informative, non-prescriptive, agnostic platform out there where all of us that are affected by addiction can't support if we want to. And I'm sick of this idea that you spoke about, which was, you know, well, some for-profits get 50%. Screw that. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the reason for it being. Yeah, yeah. It's to produce impact. Efficacy—that's real. So, I'm—I I guess my point. I'm really excited dude because the guy starts next week. Their that's connections awesome. are massive. They're going to be able to move mountains for the cause quickly. The for-profit uh, obviously gains, but uh, again, the reality is—is is that if you get the nonprofit too, and I think it's important to speak to this, I've always known that the this brand lives or dies on the cause, mm-hmm. and the authenticity, and the give-back integrity. It does, because we're bubbles in a can with a name. Otherwise. You know, that's the truth. So we're taking that next step in terms of the model to provide dedicated resources now that oversee where the money is going, but they have no vested interest. Where the efficacy is. Start to dive in and gather data. Get sociologists. Get people with PhDs or not. Combine and understand what is effective. Don't innovate just within your 50% business model and the product itself. Innovate on the way that you create impact. Create and find the smartest, most objective and subjective indicators. Combine them, test them, refine them, and scale. And keep doing it over and over and over. Wow! And that's vision, man. So
0: that's that's an awesome vision. That's
1: that's, it. We'll see if we can uh, pull it pull it off, man.
0: So before we wrap up, man, I want to ask you. I think you've given a, a lot of really great advice here, just in terms of you know, following your passion and pushing your ego aside and uh you know giving without expectation. But if there was one piece of advice that maybe you'd like to leave and, and share with the sober nation, what would that be?
1: Go somewhere by yourself. No phone. No Facebook. You can't post it on Facebook. You can't tell anyone else who the hell are you? Answer that question for yourself. Intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, get gut honest, gut level honest, and, and accept who you are, but not being who you, you who, what you can be, and, and know that you can become something different. But my point is something happens when you move away from everyone else and you just go somewhere quiet for a moment and go, dude, what's the truth? What is the truth what makes me feel weird inside right now why do i feel a little tinged down there because i am selfish dude jonathan it's easy for me to give money bro it always has been for some reason in my life i've always been able to give possessions i wouldn't give you my vulnerability i wouldn't give you um authentic love and stuff like that but um and that was the truth i had to come to because people were like dude you're doing so much good and stuff and I'm a sick dude still behind these eyeballs, you know, and I still want nice things. And they're all, there are ulterior motives. I'd be lying because I'm a human and I try to fight those down all the time. But my point is, is when I was able to own that, then I'm not confused about the targets of the things I want to take out in my life because I'm just being real with myself. Yeah. You deserve it to yourself to be fucking honest with yourself. And it is one of the most powerful things. If you'll go say some things, and there are things, I'm gonna tell you right now, there are people that were are gonna hear this and go, I know myself, I've done this and I've done that and that. Bullshit, I don't know that all of us do. Even if you've done all of the work, what is that one or two things? Two things that may be way bigger than you ever knew because you just wouldn't face it. And for me, that was part of that deal. Would I walk away the drug of choice clean? Would I walk away my drug of choice clean? that I've gotten so much accolade on that's redeemed me and that I can see myself being a part of a little piece of history for this guy who was a sober prophet. I mean, helped out and I'm so genius. i mean, the drugs. It's, all that bullshit goes through my mind, man. But I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm selfish. You know, focus on my priorities. I'm very clear on that. And so again, sorry, I went off and trailed, but uh, no, man. What, I mean, I'm trying to encourage in a loving way, like just go by yourself and try to get to this place. It's just like, you're not, you don't have to tell anybody and you're not doing anything wrong. Just see, is there something that I might've been compartmentalizing that's stopping me from like the sun, like blocking me from not the sunlight of the spirit, but from the sunlight of clarity. And it may be this big dude and have been in front of us this entire time. And when you just moved it because you were willing to say it out loud, say i own that and now that i own it i'm clear that i'm going to take your ass out Hmm. you cannot take something out that you're not willing to see and and it's in us guys we all got it and it doesn't make us a bad person it makes us human so let's support each other try to get honest and vulnerable when someone gets vulnerable with you don't use it against them they're trusting you in a safe place but find out who you are and own it so you can identify the enemy or the challenge or obstacle would be more productive and um, i think that uh i think you'll be really surprised of what that catalyzes um and i don't know i'm kind of at the front end of it again you know six years in mr clean addicted to clean trying to get real again and figure out hey how do i go through this next part of the season and and get better um and be a better dad and husband ultimately and friend you know
0: yeah man
1: my priorities right now
0: that's awesome. I, I love that. I love your vulnerability, and I love your your honesty, and just how honest you've you've been here today. And again, I, I love your passion. I love everything you put uh, into this cause because it's it, it really is incredible. And I really love that advice. Like, and that's something that I've been. Thinking about for for a long time. I've got a a kid on the way pretty soon, so I probably won't be doing it soon. But <laughs> taking a moment to just like break away by yourself, uh, and and really you know figure out just just who you are and and find a little bit of clarity. I think you're dead on with that. So, man, I, I really appreciate your time, Wes. You can learn more about Clean Cause, and you can purchase some of their delicious drinks. Uh, which helps support people in recovery by visiting cleancause.com. Thanks again for coming on the show, Wes. Dude, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the info from today's episode. Sober Nation FM is brought to you by Sobriety Engine. Sobriety Engine is a free online community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. This show is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle while supporting your sobriety, you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And again, whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave us a review. Nation, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.